this fundamental reality in life is duality so that everything is balanced you know everyone always said that when we're growing up it's, it's balance it's moderation but it comes back to this thing in physics that everything is vibrating everything is a wave so that whenever there's a zone and a flow state whenever we podcast and we love doing this we've got to go back and do the chores afterwards you know and you can't beat that you know and so the the more maximum time you spend in the zone and the flow state you've got to go and do your chores faster you know so you can't avoid it everything is duality Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind. Should we just take a second and uh, chill for a second because gosh, time is on speed, like literally. I I don't know about you, but this whole period of time, you know, let's say post-lockdown, it feels like time is a wobbly fabrication. I don't know, it just feels like yesterday and tomorrow and like three weeks ago they don't represent the same things they did maybe they do but you know one of the things that's really fascinating for me and sorry to go so deep into it but I guess that's why you come here is we are in the middle of this COVID thing we're not over it I think we're like so used to movies and the three-act structure that we think we're done but we're still in it and we haven't seen the ramifications of life the new normal the new life let's take a second let's slow it down and um let's be together so look i went probably a bit too deep again that's how we roll on please blow my mum. we go deep very quickly And in this podcast with Mitchell Head, we go deep. We talk about his work in neuroscience. I unload (laughs) on my kind of, I don't know what you call them, rantings or, or philosophies or conspiracies about life and the meaning of it. Um, Mitchell's an interesting cat because he's studying the, uh, I guess the deep down connection between us and chemicals and wrapping that up into meaning Um, I won't do it justice but one of the things he's doing is working out how chemicals affect us coming out of uh, amnesia or um, sorry us coming out of uh, unconsciousness so you know before you have an operation you take the medicine it makes you go to sleep and when you wake up there's this drowsy period and, and Mitchell and his crew are working through like what is the what is happening there so i'll let him kind of explain that but all i can say is it was a fascinating conversation when we had this conversation it's taken me a while to get it uploaded but i'm very very thankful that i have got around to it and thankful that you are here to listen to this conversation so before i butcher any more about mitchell head's work can i quickly say that this podcast is supported by my Patreon page. You can search Please Blow My Mind forward slash Patreon. And on there, there's a couple ways you can support this podcast. Five bucks a month gives you access to this exclusive content that I make with podcast guests. Hey, buddy, I'm just doing a podcast intro, but come in. Hey. Hey, podcast. And we'll get going in a sec. Um, with the five bucks and the 
and with the exclusive uh, guests that I have, we talk the deeper stuff that you don't hear in the normal podcast, specifically the television podcast. So, so if you want to support that, you can do that a couple ways. There's a five dollar option, which means you'll get access to the exclusive videos on Patreon, Patreons only, or you can support the podcast for ten bucks a month, which means you'll get a shout out on the podcast. So I'd like to quickly thank James. I'd like to quickly thank Chris, and I'd like to quickly thank Daniel. So it's going to be a problem when this Patreon list gets too big, but at the moment it's manageable. So we do it, and we do it weekly, and we commit to the people who commit to us. Anything else? No. I think we're good to go. Thank you everybody for listening. Let's jump into the neuroscience deepness with Mitchell A. Head. Dude, it's awesome to connect with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, man, you too. Oh man, it's you know, it's kind of like the it's the upside to all the downside of social media, eh? You know, it's pretty intense out there and it's kind of hard to make sense of it all, which is why yeah. I, I read your one of your bios today and it's like trying to make sense or trying to solve consciousness or something, and I'm like, yes, yeah. that's yeah. The, that's the shit right there. So um yeah, man. Look, I, I start recording because I don't really know where we go. Um but but, you know, I guess for me, man, it's just A, really cool to, um, you know, pick your brains. But uh, with exactly what I want to pick your brains, I don't really know, you know. Yeah, I, I guess I, I, I just like the idea that um, there seems to be this, that one of the inbuilt uh, things that we have to kind of grapple with as humans is you're on a journey whether you like it or not. Mm, yes. And trying to make sense of that uh, yep. is, you know, it's kind of so counterintuitive because you end up making teams and it's this team against that team. And ultimately, yep. like, like, uh, as far as I've kind of come, I see it something like an immune system, you know, where you've got to have difference or everything will just, uh, I think what's that movie where the aliens come down and, um, there's <laughs> yeah. a t- Tom Cruise something, eh? you know, he's always got the answers for everything, but, yeah. but it's like, uh, what kills them in the end is the ba- simple flu because they were, sure. you know, so I love Lack the fact of diversity, right? Like yeah. biodiversity. Yeah. 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 So, but, but what does that information do? Oh, well, I don't know, you know, cause it's, yeah. it feels like the world is, you know, very uh, robust at the moment and, and, and it's senses are up, but in real time, it's kind of tough to make sense of it. So yeah. And, uh, I, I, I guess we've started brother because otherwise, you know, I have to kind of reset it or everything, but oh, yeah, good. like, like, um, how do you go by Mitchell or Mitch? Yeah, Mitch, bro. Mate's call me Mitch. That's yeah. it. LinkedIn's all professional, though, eh? Full names. Got him, bro. Got him, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, why neuroscience, brother? What's the deal? How do you cool. get into that? Yeah, bro. Um, no, I just grew up, like, playing with stuff in the garage and, you know, just trying to understand how things work. Mm. And um, got real into, like, trying to go fast in the car. And, you, you know, we're always measuring everything. And mm. once you measure something, then you can work out how to make it faster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this, and then some days we're like really, really on point racing, you know. And then the next day you're just completely off, and that'll have such a big impact on your times, way more than anything else on the car that you're measuring and trying to optimize. And so it started to occur to me that we need to engineer and, and measure and optimize the brain, and it would just, it would um have a huge impact, you know. Um, we wow. can start to um 
we can start to optimize people to be able to do what they want to do at their peak. And then that can create the change that we want to see in the world as, as fast as possible. You know, if everyone's doing what they want to do in this, in this flow state, in the zone, then everyone's um, optimized in their happiness and their performance, you know, and I think that would have, be a, cat- a catalysis for a lot of change. Yeah, bro. That's awesome. And, and because it seems to be we're in, um, well, the opposite of that, eh? We're kind of in this chaotic state where if you haven't got, like, I guess I'm talking about fundamentals, you know, we kind of look back in the past and we think, oh, just cave, cave people or whatever. But when you start looking at some of the science, even around like breathing or nutrition, yeah. like, like there was some, there's some major biohacks there that, that directly influence kind of, you know, the connection between body and mind and all these things. And, um, when when you're studying this stuff, do you kind of is there any pressure to separate body and mind? Like, are, are those because for me, as you know, just general person who does a lot of podcasting, I'm like, hell no, those two things are like you can't separate them, or you can, but stand by for a raft of issues because it's again trying to justify the other. Yeah, you're right, bro. Everything's a system. You can't separate the two. Eh? Our body and mind are interconnected in every mm-hmm. way. And that's something that I've been um, probably something I didn't expect is pushing towards that. You know, I've gone in there, look, trying to look at the brain and then realized like, you've got to look at the whole body. You know, um, I got really into measuring the brain with the, um, the muse system that, that you were commenting to me about. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, it's really cool to be able to measure the brain waves and stuff like that. But I realized that there was a lot more than just the brain as well. You know, by be able to measure the um, heart rate variability mm. as a measure of stress response that, that's the whole other factor to having the brain at its peak. You know, you've got your emotions at its peak, your stress response um, by measuring your, your, your breathing and how synchronized that is with your, with your brain. Yeah. Um, is everyone else at home like you? Is, do you come from a long line of neuroscientists? No, but no one in my family has ever been to uni. Didn't, didn't really know what that was, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting um, sort of, sort of space but um it's probably where you can make a lot of change and um yeah mm. it's good um, what, what what about to your uh you know your car buddies like what was was it an awkward conversation to be like hey uh <laughs> i'm going to be uh kind of signing up to study <laughs> what makes us tick yeah yeah that's an interesting one you know but everyone can relate to it you know everyone's everyone's like you said trying to work out like why mm. are we here how did we get here you know one day we just turned up and we're like this is this is this is happening. This is the game. This is the reality, you know. And so everyone under, can relate, you know. I'm trying to understand what's going on and how, if we could measure it and 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 that kind of thing, they can relate on that level. But definitely, it was sort of out of the blue, you know. My old man was um, into like cars and engineering, you know, and it's sort of a bit different to that. But um, people are starting to see now that um, it's not just a science; it's becoming engineering in itself. You know, we can engineer the brain how you want it to be. We can um, engineer. Um, technology to be connected to the brain, you know, especially with stuff like um, Elon Musk's um, Neuralink that's coming out. Um, that's sort of right at the forefront of connecting the brain to technology, you know. Yeah. Bro. And, and like, can you paint a picture for us, you know, particularly those of us who, let's say I represent a number of people who sit on the Auckland motorway in the morning and it sucks yeah. and, you know, yeah. we're, we're trying to get through and the world's telling us to work hard and now this COVID thing's come in and stopping business and like, yeah. you, you're trying really hard to be optimistic, right? You, you're being positive. You, you dare to do things like mindfulness, even though we've got no historical knowledge, you know, no if you're in your 30s or 40s or whatever 
no dads or mums taught you any principles to do with being in the now. It was all about get do, do your homework, otherwise you won't yeah, get a job. And now yeah. we're kind of stuck understanding a little bit more that if you don't worry, if you don't stay in the now, you 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 know you can really fluctuate in a negative space around there is no th- there and then. But it seems to be history is made up of that kind of I guess fear based learning, right? And uh, you know it's again there's a lot of people thinking, man. Um, what's the deal here? So I guess I say to you, bro, like um, when, if you're painting a picture of the kind of um, science scene, which you're in, like what's the kind of rubric or measurements that, that are really valued in that space? You know, is it, is it words like well-being? Yeah. 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 Well-being sort of, yeah. Those words aren't so important in, um, in science, you know, they, mm. they sort of don't have such a, a, um, a specific definition um yeah things like um yeah even with the brain measurement you know it's hard to define what an optimal state is you know like you message me about what's an alpha wave like is this a real yeah. good one you know and yeah. I, I can't even respond bro like it can be good it can be bad you know yeah. like yeah so we're still really at the front trying to understand what's going on you know um so yeah well-being um it can be interpreted in lots of different ways you know so it's hard to um, define what that means and then that's not really used a lot but um yeah we're sort of just trying to work out what what optimum performance looks like at this stage you know that that's where, really where we're at you know yeah man it's interesting eh? because you know one of the again i probably in some ways have quite good fun talking to people who are really specific in areas because for me i'm not right i'm like hardcore generalist particularly in the podcast space i i want to challenge myself to talk to um, absolutely anybody, you know, within reason, I guess, about, I guess, big ideas. And and one of the things that I've been trying to grapple with for years is why you need kind of negative things to reinforce good things, you know? And I guess Ooh. it's, you know, like, why is it that things can't yeah. just be harmonious? Why can you, bro. you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess neuroscience and, and understanding the brain can, yeah. you know, kind of answer some of those things. Like, I guess that's the terminology around biohacking and stuff like that. But it's a yeah. weird prospect. It's a weird prospect that, you know, like one of the things for me, bro, is that I come from um, a loving background, right? And I kind of say that not in a cheesy way, but I miss, I miss a mega piece of the puzzle, which is drive. I don't have a fuel in me to prove somebody wrong or to overcome an obstacle, I just constantly kind of see around me like, man, this sucks because how come I got some lucky, you know, parents who didn't balls it up All I can, I can't understand the pain I see. And then I'm like, okay, so part of it is, is I have to probably learn a little bit about it. What is it that drives people? Cause everyone that I talk to who's super successful, man, they've overcome something. And I'm like, yes, what yeah. the hell does that tell me about life? You know, that you have to go through it. Yeah, bro. Well, at, at the like physics sort of level, that's the underlying reality is that, that we're in a world of duality. That's what makes this physical reality is that it's constantly vibrating and switching between two states. You know, that's the, the fundamental thing in this in this 3D existence. And so we've got to go through both sides of things to be able to, to see the negative, to be able to see the positive, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to achieve that. So you're right. It always, it's a fundamental thing um, to have the opposites. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be any way around it. And so the way that we can optimize really is just by understanding these cycles and trying to be in sync with them. Um, 
when you're in sync with them at every level, you know, at the, at the cellular level and then up higher at the organ level and then up higher at a whole body level, if they're all in sync, then all the energy at each level is being amplified to the next level and it wow. becomes in harmony with each other. And that's when you get what I would, how I would define well-being is when yeah. every system is in harmony with each other and it becomes in resonance and they all amplify. And that's when um, I think that's when you can become like higher spiritual states, higher states of consciousness is where wow. you're like in harmony. A, yeah. Like a transcendent state or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've started to measure something interesting on the Muse device on the EEG where you're seeing the normal brain waves, but then there's kind of like beat frequencies every like two or three seconds um, when you're in a bliss state. Mm. And we've talked about this on the, the Muse community a little bit. It, it could be a craniosacral rhythm. So rather than just rhythms in the brain, they're becoming so large and in harmony that it's going up and down your, your spinal fluid, you know? Wow. So there's a, a rhythm that, that your lungs and your heart and your brain are in harmony. And then that could be the Kundalini experience that people mm. talk about in ancient things, you know, where, where your, your chakras are being unblocked all the way up your spine, you know, and yeah. then you get to the, the enlightened state. And so we're starting to see things like this on the EEG and starting to wonder, well, when you're having a bliss experience, are these beat frequencies up and down the spine of the cerebrospinal fluid? And are you hitting the pineal gland or something like this? You know, there's yeah, bro. no good research about the pineal gland being um, anything anything interesting but maybe we just haven't researched enough you know yeah and and it's probably likely right like we're only us for what a few thousand years or even a few hundred years like i uh in this journey that i've had through breathing um reading Mm. james nestor's book you know he kind of goes right back into uh, it's called breath or breathe one of the two the one with the e breathe that's it and and um he talks about like like the old school like 5000 years ago they were their religious uh, well their gods were the breath you know was oxygen because if you could harness it you know like the the tumo breathing and all of those things mm-hmm. where it was yeah. the power but but mm. he did preface it with you know the masters of it had to sit in a cave and suss it out for 30 years well, so there's yeah. this it, it kind of got me wondering if things like um talking about biohacks if that's that's what maybe psychedelics does is it kind of links you really quickly but it's almost like you get really awesome shoes and uh-huh. you know you know and and sorry like a like oh, i'll try and explain it <laughs> yeah, that sounded yeah, random yeah. sorry sorry yeah, no, no. i'm blown my own mind um like it's it's almost like you're given here we go you're given a keys to the fastest car in the world but you're never taught to drive Right, yeah. so you get in there and you don't know what to do with it, and sometimes I wonder if psychedelics is like that. You're 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 thrust to this most amazing thing, but you you're not aware of what you're actually witnessing or seeing. Sure. So so then when you come back, you're like, oh man, I just saw colors and I think I saw yeah. something amazing, um, you know. So yeah, man, it's yeah. it's. I I, I, what are, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like um, like as I've convinced myself some days that we're simply just like this meat sack that rolls around and has primal needs. But when you talk about, you know, uh, cerebral fluid and energy sinking, what are you talking about, bro? What (laughs) what, what are we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's those, all those components, you know, on each level, there's, Mm. there's the body that's just doing its thing. And when it's in harmony, it needs its fuel. And then, you know, these things, but then there's, um, what are we? We are also antenna. So when we're in harmony, we, we can also pick up the frequency of, of this experience. You know, we're more than just um, a meat sack that's just 
going towards the food and and away from the, the fire or, or the heat you know there's something else going on as well mm. um and we're, we're we're becoming in harmony your, your brain's picking that up um so what i've looked at as anesthesia you know so i was interested in if we could understand what is um how is anesthetics turn on turning off consciousness then we could work out what it is you know mm. and what we find is that anesthetics turn off the um the way that the brain synchronizes and they stop the alignment, the magnetic alignment in the brain. And, um, and, and so the brain is acting as a receiver and that's being inhibited and turned off when, when anesthetics are, are removing consciousness. Wow. So it's looking like our brain is receiving the vibrations, um, in the universe. And, um, and, and when anesthetics and you get knocked out, you know, that crystal structure in the brain is being, um, knocked out of harmony and, and the receiver, the, the antenna isn't working anymore. So when, you, when you're not conscious, you know, the, the, the other systems are in, in harmony, but the next level to become one synchronized system is, is out of harmony, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you've still got the, the drives to go and eat and things like this. We've still got the drives to breathe, you know, even when you're not conscious. Um, but to be back into harmony at the next level up to become conscious again um, is, is, is another high level, yeah. Bro, do you ever like, and look, I guess I'll be careful because one of the things when I approach people, particularly who are doing really intense stuff, like, you know, trying to study and uh, research papers is I never want this to hang around as like a negative for them, you know, like, oh, you know, we found out some new research, but back in 2020 in COVID days, I did the podcast with Will and, you know, so I, 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 I give myself permission to fart around with ideas, but I will bluntly say to everyone, you know, you don't have to... Uh, uh, we're just talking right as if we were around exactly. a campfire and mucking around. So, and, and the world needs to give us that space. Otherwise we Absolutely. really are um, yeah. in a more dangerous space. Cause you have some of these amazing realizations when you're mm-hmm. just, you know, spitballing and I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening here, but I kind of think about it like mm-hmm. a bit of a, uh, it's another language, you know, mm-hmm. like a, right. something about where, um, a little bit of trust is going back and forth that we're not trying to kind of screw each other over, which is why I think people really dislike media because that relationship is given to you, sold to you as a trust one, but it comes back as sound bites and <laughs> out of context, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and yeah. so, uh, you know, uh, I hope that we, are, um, and I think we are, uh, trying to f- rapidly find ways to deal with that, you know, like as people, let's say uh, the world's in lockdown and we've got things like zoom and we're trying to work out social protocols to pick up the information. Like, like, I don't know, we, we you know, we've never met each other, but we had a very nice, um, you know, text back and forward and it mm-hmm. seemed okay and we passed whatever tests we were putting out there and now we're chatting and you know nothing is kind of going uh, weird at the moment so what's mm-hmm. what's changed you know the internet's still huge it's still massive it's still freaky mm-hmm. you can still find any damn thing you want to but we're mm-hmm. somehow working our way through um, us getting together I totally kind of have gone off because there's too many streams here maybe if I, I talk it, about streams I'll, I'll pull back a bit what is your area that you're really interested in? Or can you share with us the kind of focus of study? I mean, you mentioned a little bit about what happens when we turn, um, you know, uh, yeah, consciousness, consciousness off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my first major project. You know, by understanding the mechanism that anesthetics turn off consciousness, we can work out how to use that same method to try to increase consciousness, you know, and get mm. an enlightened state or a, a higher intelligence or higher um, 
performing happiness state. Yeah, so when we looked at anesthetics, how they turn off consciousness, that was the first project. And then um, now we're looking at things that um, do the opposite, you know, so alter your state using um, things that increase your conscious state, um, increase arousal and um, things like that. Um, we're also looking at addiction and um, turning off the, the drives of addiction, you know, so hitting both the homeostatic drives and the reward system drives. Mm-hmm. By hitting both of these in harmony, you can um, have a, a good shot at turning off addiction. Um, and so by using these research, I'm trying to aim towards um, trying to use this mechanism to be able to work out what an optimum state looks like and then work out how we can use a treatment to try and increase that. And like what we were saying before about how everything is duality, everything is vibration. For me, it's really, I've, I've found that everything comes back to everything is sound, everything is oscillation. And if you can put it in, in harmony, then it'll, it'll amplify it and get it to a coherent and an a optimized state. Or if it's, if it's got disease, it's out of harmony. So sound is, is something that we're really going to look to in the future to try and optimize the body. Yeah. Right. When you say harmony and coherence, mm. do you, uh, well, what do you mean? Because, because, um, you know, I guess we, uh, everyone has a different, you know, we say words mean something, but we know mm. that everyone has a slightly different meaning. Um, mm. because I've been thinking about this, that's with the heart, for example, with heart rate mm. variability, you yeah. know, when, when you do the, the cadence breathing or, you know, the slower respiratory rate, you, you know, you start to calm the the mind the mind says to the body okay we're we're relaxed or in a, in a you know a, a safe zone and you know things start happening where the blood vessels widen you get better blood flow and and I, i'm like oh okay well that seems pretty logical you know when yeah. you you can even feel it when you're freaked out you tense up mm-hmm. and and you, you know your view starts to lock in and yeah. i guess that's for a big moment but if you extrapolate mm. that out where 24 hours life makes you feel like big moments all mm. you've got is that and then the result of that is you know no doesn't end anywhere good but nice. when you when you talk about you know harmony and and mm. coherence what what how do you how would you define that yeah, yeah. So like you're saying, you know, if you're if you're stressed or whatever, you're tensing up, you know. And so all the all the energies inside you, you're restricting their flows, you know. And so they're not um, going into their their natural rhythms, and they're being they're turning into the noise, you know. They're becoming broken down and and tensed up. When you relax, your the, the energies are flowing through you, and then you can return back to a calm state quickly. And um. And so this will then allow the natural frequencies that are um, um, in coherence or, or naturally oscillating through you when you're, when, like when you're meditating, you know, mm. you're relaxing completely. You're stopping the vibrations created by thought. And so then your brain and your body can go into a state that it's, it's, it's calm and receptive enough to pick up the frequencies of, that are natural for that system, you know. And so it can go back into harmony and, and not have so much noise that is causing decoherence or falling out of the harmony because of the extra noise of, of everything that we're thinking all the time, you know. Man, I, I, you know, I guess I'll, I'll quickly say to myself all the way through this chat, it makes so much sense what you're saying. But then I think about it and I'm like, gosh, it's so difficult. It feels difficult. Maybe it's not difficult to to try and scale that up. And I guess what I mean by that is I feel like something like 
fear must be really easy to scale up because we need to know it really fast. It can't be misinterpreted. You get one shot at getting maybe, I guess, historically bitten by a big animal or, you know, so we have to, like, that's the thing. Stay alive. Okay, I get that. Then you're like, okay, well, if you live in a world where we've hacked, say, danger to... I don't know what, let's just say heaps lower than it was in the past, you know, maybe mm-hmm. through famine or external mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, if the body or mind or whatever we're talking about hasn't caught up to not registering everything as fear, sure, yeah, then, yeah. then we're, we're stuck because, and we're stuck in the shittiest way because we don't even mm. know it. We just mm. think it's normal. You know, you think a certain right. amount of anxiety uh, mm. is normal and mm. maybe there's a pill which suppresses it or turns it off, but it doesn't go away. So that energy must sit there brewing, you know, that's kind yeah. of how yeah. I've started thinking about it. And, nice. and um, it's not so obvious what to mm. do about that. Have you come across, and I don't put you on the spot again, because I know probably, you know, ac- academics don't want to be like, dude, there's no one-stop shop. And I, I definitely understand that. But is yeah. there any principles that seem to be running through, you know, um, uh, and obviously I've reached out to you about breathing and that seems to be a huge, huge, huge part of it. But yeah, is there anything that you're, when we talk about trying to find calm, that's where I was going. That's a really, it's hard to, it's hard to show somebody because it just looks like you have your eyes closed and you're relaxed, but that doesn't mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about systems. If everything's, if everything's, um, got its rhythms and its vibrations, you know, and you let them influence your vibrations, then, and then, and then you're going to go out of coherence and out of harmony, you know? So it can, your perception and how you interpret everything around you can influence whether it's going to put you out of harmony and you're going to interpret it as, as something that's to be feared, you know, and then it'll put you out of harmony. But if it's something, if you can go with the flow and let that, that fearful stimulus pass through the system and let it, it, it flow back out and return back to a natural harmonic state then um um and you're not letting it affect you then you can um you can maintain well-being um even when there's a fearful stimulus around you yeah and so that's probably the underlying thing of yeah, fear is, yeah. is that love love is like coherence like you're asking what coherence is mm. coherence is when everything is in sympathetic vibration so if everything's vibrating everything's in harmony and sympathetic sympathetically vibrating with it at each level and and fear would be the opposite of that. Fear would be when when things are out of harmony with each other, mm. and and they're trying to remain tense and remain where they are. You know, we're trying to um, resist change. I think is is probably a fear response um, because that's not coherent. It's not allowing it to change with the environment. You know, you're trying to resist change and remain rigid. And so, if we interpret things as um, accept, accept, accept and let things flow and let things change. And just, I think that's probably the, the probably the most underlying thing I can see with around fear. Yeah. Um, look, so many questions, dude. I hope you're okay with me just bombarding us all over the place. Uh, I, 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 I get a bit excited with people like yourself because I'm just like, Ooh, you know, we get, we get permission to kind of dream a little bit or, or, you know, like jump in a bit deeper and, and um, uh, you know, if, you know, one of the things that I, I wonder, we talk about fear and we talk mm. about maybe trauma and these things is, is they obviously play their part 
it's I'm just not really sure how you mm. justify that, mm. you know, like, like what is, uh, and I guess it's a, that's probably where, you know, some of me, you know, looks to things like religion to, you know, why is it that uh, there's lessons taught that say in the Christianity realm of um, give something up now for later, you know, uh, or, or sacrifice, you know, it's a, or how can, how can things be beautiful if there's such cruelty, you know, and I don't really know how to process it, but when I start thinking through maybe a more um, scientific lens, when I say mm. thinking, I'm heavily doing that, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the quote marks, but, but, you know, maybe it's like a constant, like the yin yang, you know, that you, you have to be given, you don't yeah. have a choice. You just mm-hmm. are constantly given, uh, you know, I guess reminders, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, duality. Yeah, you, you're constantly yin and yang, like you're saying. Everything is a wave. Everything is is going between good and bad, or or whatever we perceive as good and bad. Mm. And so you can't have the good without the bad, like you said. There, there's always going to be pain because that's what gives us perspective to recognize the good. If everything was good all the time, it wouldn't be good. It would just be the zero point. It would just be the baseline because there'd be nothing to compare it against. To have the good, we have to have the bad, and that's the fundamental thing in this reality is that there's there's both, and and I think the joy comes from accepting the up and the down. And I think if you accept it maximally, you'll, you'll have the maximum peaks, probably the maximum downs as well. But um, yeah, yeah. Have you, um, have you, you know, as a, as a scientist and a researcher, do you ever think forward? Do you hope results will come out a certain way or do you have to, because I, I presume it must be quite mindful if you like to, you can only deal with what you've got. Yeah, yeah, that's tricky, man. I was just spent the last couple of months redoing some experiments because I was like, what? This wasn't what I thought was going to come out, you know? And so you're like, oh, what, did I screw it up? You know, so you go and redo the whole thing and you, you're like, well, that's what the results showed. It showed the same thing again, you know? Um, so you just got to try and separate what you think um, from from what you get and not interpret the results until until you're sure that that's really what they are. Um but yeah, it can be tricky for sure. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've always got some idea in your head of what you think it's going to be, you know. Um, that's why a lot of our, or most of our stuff is done by double blind, you know. So we, we don't even remember what groups everything is put into, you know. We just know that number six is, is getting this one. And you can't remember like, oh, is it, is, is it from this group or that group, you know. And then you look mm-hmm. at the results at the end and you put it together. And it's really exciting because you, you, you can't really you can start to predict that, oh, this one's probably from that group, you know, even though you don't know because you've blinded yourself from it. And yeah. then at the end, you put the results together and you say, oh, I was right or I was wrong, you know. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, man, it sounds fun, like a bit of a game. Um, yeah, um, so what type of timelines are some of the research that you do? Is it like weeks or months or years? Um, sure. Um, with the anesthetic stuff, it was sort of you're giving them a drug for um, – a day or so and an animal, um, an anesthetic. And then you're going to look at the brain the next day or something like that. Mm. Um, when we looked at addiction, you know, we were looking at a longer period. Um, we were trying to look at 10 weeks, but after four weeks we saw, saw results. And so, yeah, you're having behavioral studies, um, for a long period of time like that up to four weeks or so. Mm. And then analyzing, um, brain results and gene expression levels and things like that. Um, that can take a couple of months after that as well. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, does it start with an idea? I mean, everything starts with an idea. Is that what you call a hypothesis? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea at the start is probably just an idea, but a hypothesis is which way you think it's going to go. So really which, what result you think is going to come out of it. Right. Um, so it definitely like our first project with the anesthetic, um, the problem with ketamine anesthesia is that people wake up tripping balls afterwards, you know, so they go into a surgery and they're trying to get it for pain, pain relief during the surgery and they come out and they've still got the hypnotic effects of the drug. So there's, there's analgesic effects, which is the pain relief, but there's also hypnotic effects and that's the hallucinations and the fear and the stress and stuff like this. And so what we wanted to do is trying to reduce the stress and fear and hallucinations, which some people enjoy, but in surgery is, is not the one. And, um, so we tried a few different ones and um, then looked at which part of the brain is being activated and looked at what kind of behavior was produced afterwards. So we could see that the sedation after the, the drug was much shorter, um, but the pain relief was much longer. And so that's um, really, really good. So we're, um, yeah, going with that at the moment, sharing that result at the moment. Yep. And so is it done, that study? Yeah, that study's done. So we're just um, presenting that at the Science of Consciousness Conference next week. Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's coming up next week. So, do you have to be kind of cagey with me about you know what some results are? Because I guess it's important to share it in the appropriate places. Um, no, I think it's a good thing, which is why I sort of um, opened up to having a yarn with you about this. You know, like I've got to get practice in, in these sort of um, conferences and speaking about your research kind of mm. settings. You know, um, so it's a good practice to to um, getting into research um, conferences. Um, I'm not going to go out and say the names of the drugs, you know, things yep. like that. So, yep. so as long as you don't do that, then it, it's cool. I think, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, bro. Just like for you know, obviously, like I'm my mind's in full uh, beta mode. Yeah. You know, trying to keep up. I don't even know what I mean by that. Yeah, I just, I just googled. Yeah, I ah, man. Yeah, yeah. But that's the crack up thing. How many emails come through like Mimer? I'm like, dude, I've been using the Muse, and I think I've cracked yeah, it. You know. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Maybe yeah, we yeah. can we can go into that just a little bit about as the, as a, just a regular person trying to make sense, like, um, how, how do you do that? You know, it's not so clear, uh, particularly yeah. when you're trying to, yeah. um, play with the brain, which we know is, well, which you know, is, is, is deep. Um, but, but if we just track back a bit, so the anesthesia study you did, had this been done before? Yeah. No. Um, so no one had, we'd never, yeah, so this was a new drug that we developed um, as part of our group. Um, it had been a ketamine modified slightly, mm. and that had never been done before. And then we tested that and um, found that it had a, a, a beneficial pharmacological profile, and then it's been developed into a, um, a surgical drug at the moment, yeah. Wow. And um, I was listening, but I was like, wow, 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 wow. So was the <laughs> idea that you were st- – like the hypothesis was what again, yeah. sorry? Yeah, the hypothesis was that we could reduce the time that the hypnotic period after the drug, yeah, the, the, reduce the hypnotic period of, of the drug. So the hypnotic period is how long it has hypnotic effects, which mm-hmm. is like um, the hallucinations and the, um, the nausea and things like this. Mm-hmm. And and by modifying the drug, we could reduce that period and then, and then yeah, it'd be better for surgical use. So just kind of like less out of it, for yep. p- further periods is that and are we talking like how you know like you see those viral videos of people coming out of the dentist and they're like whacked out 
That's it, bro. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly the thing. People wake up, and you know, um, especially old people and especially children, it would affect yeah. more. Um, and so, yeah, that was something that they wanted to address um, coming from an emergency department sort of setting. Yeah. Wow, and I guess all that matters, right, when you're dealing with scale, eh? Because if you're trying to get optimal, you know, um, in, out, and people through, the less time they have to be tripping for no reason, the yeah, man. the better. Yep. Yeah, and I think, yeah, if people had died from it because there'd been adverse effects afterwards, so reducing that period of adverse effects was, mm. was something that could be um, beneficial. Is it exciting, bro, to kind of like, you know, potentially, you know, offer awesome little solutions like that, that over time and over the quantity of, you know, your, um, your colleagues and people and, you know, who you look up to and maybe in the future, like that's how change is made for the better, right? All these little things to slowly make things better. Yeah. Yeah. And little steps for sure. You know, this is just the first project, um, the anesthesia one. Mm. And, and for me, the, the focus was trying to understand how does the anesthetic work and, even though that wasn't the main goal of the project, you know, the main goal was to try and optimize this drug. But for me, it gives me understanding closer and closer and closer towards what is consciousness, how's it working and how can we make it um, perform better. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's just breaking into small steps and, and chipping away at it. Um, but you know, it's something that you can push towards every day and you'll probably never get to the solution. So it'll keep, yeah. you, keep you interested. Eh? Yeah, bro. Look, and, and, yeah. and the, the hard case thing is it's one tiny slice of life, isn't it? Like yeah. when you, like life should be simple, I guess, but when you really start breaking it down into these categories, there's so many little things, which is why we kind of have the, the autonomic systems, right. That run by themselves. That, I mean, that was one of the quite fascinating things I learned about breathing is that it's one of the only uh, auto systems that you can tap into. And so I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, there surely is no mistakes when it comes to those things. It must be that you have to activate it for different purposes, you know? And, 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 um, and I was like, well, why? Because if it's automated, it should mm. automate, you know? So yeah. I, I why then, do we have control over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. have you ever thought about that, bro? Like, why do you think we have control over something like that? Why, oh, why do we, bro? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good That's, question, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have my own ideas. I think it's um that, you know, if you got you, – you probably didn't have a choice about getting jacked up because that had to be something else's job to get you out of the way of something, but yep. maybe it was your job to kind of come back down or nice, nice. maybe it was a trauma thing. You could control it a bit, you know, Interesting. but, Interesting, but, but I've I, got a bit of a theory about that. Like when yeah. I think what is consciousness for, it's when we don't have a program on how to deal with that situation. You know, the mm. things we run on our subconscious is things we've already seen before and we've worked out a program. But what is, why is our breathing conscious? Well, it's when we don't have a program for that and we have to, face a novel situation and and consciously override like what am I going to do next and be like you said you know be like okay I need to calm my breathing down you know so perhaps you're right that's why it's in a conscious experience is the ability to change your breath is because in situations you've never been in before there's no program that it can run on subconsciously and it has to be like you have to control your breathing, stop breathing so that the, the predator doesn't hear you or something like that. Exactly, bro. And that's awesome information if you have it. But in this world, I don't remember ever being shown that or taught that or it being valued one thing, right? It's always about like maybe someone will say, dude, uh, 
take a deep breath. But that seems to be for something so magical like a system where you can tap into. Sure. And, and, and I mean, if you look to maybe yoga and that, that's their world, you know, it just kind of got confused. What's that? Why is it not taught to us? Why is it not taught to us on how to like manage and modulate our system? Bro, hundred percent. Yep. And, and I mean, I guess in those, I listen to that and I'm like, man, that's probably where someone has to, you know, realize that it, it needs to be um, looked at, you know, and that's why I kind of was really keen to talk to you too, because I'm having this massive internal conversation with myself. So just so you know, like I've spent the last, you know, 15 years or something kind of gaining these skills and media and being able to edit and film and really capturing the consciousness of other things. I and see that. All yeah. of a sudden, bro, it's switched where I'm like, Oh no, is the dyslexic kid going to have to go and try and research because I, it's hard for me to get this point across or I have a burning desire for it that I don't really recognize in a lot of other places. So I can call people, I can tell people, but at the end of the day, surely one of the things in life is you've got the feeling, you've got to follow it, you know, like a, a, a bit of a path. So it's really interesting to just uh, sit in, in this at the moment and be like, Ooh, that's makes sense. But how, like, I guess that's where, why I sent you and I'll just back up a little bit for people who don't know what I'm talking about. So for the last few months, been playing with this idea of controlling the breathing and, uh, particularly during the first lockdown here in New Zealand, I was like, okay, well, I'm at home a lot of the time. Let's have a look around at um, uh, other areas to invest in. And I mean, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, so probably do some more exercise because I'll be, I'll be here. But I also thought, you know, like surely, well, the first thing I heard about COVID is it, it attacks immune systems that are weak. And I'm like, okay, well, I extrapolated that out and I'm like, well, I've got like the skill set that makes me weak because it's one skill set. And as soon as you tell me I can't go film people, what do I do? So I was like, oh, okay, so have a look around. And lucky enough, I had um, this podcast. So I talked to this awesome Irish guy, Patrick McEwen. Um, he's the man when it comes to breathing, kind of like Wim Hof and that Hof, yeah. type of realm, but the kind of other end of Wim Hof. So Wim's about activating you, getting that adrenal gland flowing, you know, all of that stuff. And this guy, Patrick, is about like the science of slow nasal breathing, really calming, kind of having a better relationship with carbon dioxide, all of the stuff. And it just captured me, you know, it took me on this huge journey. So why I say all that is I started um, – wondering, well, if you're going to be calm, which is actually something I referred to earlier where I was talking about I had a loving upbringing, calm for me is nothing new. I happen to be a very pretty calm person, you know, I guess within reason, but I was like, man, is it just that I was lucky that I had, you know, people around me who made me feel calm or is there something else? And so I was like, okay, so if we all have the ability to maybe breathe in a calm way, um, how how do we get better at it when the sh- when the when the heat's on us, you know? And I thought, well, maybe what I'll do is I'll practice jumping in the cold pool, but breathing as if I'm calm. And that's where I l- led me to you because I was like, oh, I wonder if I can show how the brain works when I hop in, and the panic, if you like, mm-hmm. a- and then trying to overcome it, um, which I've called like simulated calm. 
Like I'm fascinated with the idea that maybe I don't even have to be calm. My breathing, my breathing only has to pretend to be calm. And the mind is like, Oh, you're giving me the signal of calm. That's what it is. Right. So, So do you think there's something in that where you don't actually have to, well, it's like you have to believe it to believe it, but I don't believe I'm calm in there. I just start enacting this breathing process. And yeah, right. that's, that's huge. Eh? Yeah. There's a two way deal. So if you can change how your physiological responses, you'll change how the brain is as well. That's, that's, that's interesting. So where I've got to, and, and maybe if you'd humor me for a little bit um, is, is I'm like, well, Oh gosh, what do I do now? So, you know, do I, um, and I'm not really asking, I guess I'm just like asking for a bit of spitballing. If you were me and you had this little idea that, uh, it's tricky to, to show people calm breathing because everyone's life is variety. Some people live in a hellhole. Some people are in awesome environments. Some people have a variety of different reasons, but the one thing you need to do is practice calm breathing in, let's say more shitty environments like on purpose. So, the sauna might be one because it's hot and it puts you into that, you know, fight or flight feeling of danger. The, the cold might be another because it also puts you into fight or flight. You don't have an option. It's just your mm. body thinks it's dying. Mm-hmm. So when, yeah. when you override that by, be, yeah. with the gift we were given, yeah. is that what can build resilience? You know, that's Absolutely. what I was thinking. Yeah, sure. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly when you're, um, when you're relaxing, when you're, accepting things you're letting things flow through you and you're not letting it it change change your current state you know and so breathing when you're in a a stressful environment when the stimulus is is stressful but you're not letting it it change you and you're just breathing as if you're in a calm state um that's really optimum performance right there because um, everything's maintaining coherence and maintaining optimum energy usage without um, letting the, the the fearful vibe the stimulus change your vibration and make it go out of optimum performance. Um, so yeah, that's that's really really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Mm. So, and uh, um, uh, yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll continue with that. As um, I've been measuring to be able to, like you're saying, it's hard to try to measure when someone's um, breathing at optimal period, at optimal mm. state. So I've been using um, like you said, the Muse, yep. and also this one is the HeartMath. Um, and this is a HRV measurement, you know, and so that measures your, your, your heart rate and, um, and it has a breathing pacer so it can show you how to breathe in harmony and, um, be at an optimum stress response state, which is pretty cool. And is, is, uh, so for people who are, you know, like, man, I breathe and surely my body's got my back or whatever's got my back. Cause if it didn't, you know, why would I, I'd just be, I breathe. Um, <laughs> but, but. I've been and and I've heard of things like HRV, heart rate variability, and and would you like would this sound right? That this is how I've been thinking about it because I'm I'm I have to take it back to a narrative. I understand there's a science way of explaining it, but I think I if I can't get it in terms of a story, you know, like Lord of the Rings is about get the damn ring to the mountain, you know, that's it. But it goes through this journey, so. Mm-hmm. Would the goal of heart rate variability or having a, a calm heart be so that the heart can go into a relaxed practice mode? And I was thinking about it like the heart 
wants to do its job, but no more because then you're asking it to enact a different protocol. And when it's just chilling or, you know, not having to do any more in and out, it mm. kind of starts practicing being a little bit fast, a little bit slow, yeah. so yeah. that so that when you need it, it's got your back. And we, it's, it must be like the brain too. When you give it a state to kind of chill, it yeah. it does a little bit of repair, a little bit of practice. With, yeah. Is that in broad strokes right? It's very similar, man. Very very close. Is that when you're breathing in a calm state, then everything like your heart pumping and your breathing and your brain pulsing is all at the same time. And so the pulses of your heart are not interfering with the brain and causing them to have to, like you say, use more energy. And so if they're all at the same time, if you're breathing in a calm way, then everything is in coherence with each other and it's not having to put more energy in. And then that energy that it is putting in is becoming amplified because the level below it, like the heart, is pushing the breathing at the same time, you know, and they mm-hmm. amplify. So you can have deeper breathing, you can have stronger heartbeats and, and higher states of um, brain, brain oscillation as well. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You know, and I guess it's the, it's kind of coming to terms with an idea that it is the variety that is right. needed, eh? you know, and yep. that it can't just be one way that we're not built like that. Eh? We're built, we're built as these little machines that can thrive in multiple uh, environments. And I guess it needed to be able to adapt eh, to, mm-hmm. to whatever. Um, is there much research that you've come across or, or doing as to what the current state of society and the demands that it has, you know, let's just say things like even the amount of technical stuff we have to get ready for this chat is probably taking our eye off something else, you know, and, and it requires a bit of extra fuel and, you know, we, um, you know, chug our drinks and we get our coffees and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, if you were, if you were trying to work out the optimal way of living, does that even exist in the world we're creating? Interesting, bro. Yeah. Well, it's a tricky question, but to reverse engineer that, to be able to optimize anything, you have to first measure it. So you have to define what an optimal state looks like, mm. and then you have to measure what that um, what that is on parameters that you can change, you know? And so what is an optimal state? That's just whatever you define as optimal state. When you're your happiest and you're, you're performing at, at your peak, um, that's what you call the optimal state. And for me, I find that it seems to be this thing called the flow state or the zone, you know, when you're doing what you love and all your every all your worries just disappear, you know, and and you're you're just passionately doing what you do. Time seems to um, just disappear, you know. Like it either goes faster or slower, and and you tend to get better at what you're doing, you know. It just it just happens for you, um, and so you can define that as an optimal state, and then you can try and measure that, and then you can try and get towards that. And um, I've been trying to do that with the Muse system and measure EEG states when you're in the flow state, when you're doing what you love to do. And for me, that's driving and racing cars, you know. So I've set up a virtual reality um, wow. drifting simulator, cool. and I'm measuring the brain waves while you're while you're drifting and while you're in your your flow state, and, and you're you're really getting into the zone, and measure what that looks like, you know. And then you can try and push towards that optimal yeah. state. Wow! Wow! Well, two questions: um, is there is there a risk when you seek flow that you actually are not 
dealing with the things you don't like, you know, because I think it can quickly get into like my flow is podcasting, but it's not what brings my money in. So how do I read the difference between, um, you know, let's say something like I need to make sure I get my dopamine hit or at least attempt to get my positive feelings from the pursuit of my journey as opposed to saying when my podcast is number one or my breathing business is amazing then I will be you know maybe worth a lot but mentally physically too you know feeling like I've cracked it as opposed to just saying I need to find a way to take that positive you know fist pump to myself that we're having this chat and it's so it's just a tricky one because it's a state of mind but podcasting could be suppressing the things I don't want to do, like a procrastination or something. Am I making mm. sense? I see what you're saying, bro. And it sort of comes back to, again, this fundamental reality in life is duality so that everything is balanced. You know, everyone always said that when we're growing up, it's, it's balance, it's moderation, but it comes back to this thing in physics that everything is vibrating, everything is a wave, so that whenever there's a zone and a flow state, whenever we podcast and we love doing this, we've got to go back and do the chores afterwards, you know, and you can't beat that, you know, and so the, the more maximum time you spend in the zone and the flow state, you've got to go and do more, you've got to go do your chores faster, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so you can't avoid it. Everything is duality and, um, and, and so we can make the most of these times in the flow state by learning how to engineer them and set things up and, you know, realize that this is the time I'm set aside to be in a flow state. I want to have my book next to me so I can make down ideas. I want to have the right music on. And so we can start to engineer these states and get them to their peak states, but still go and spend that time that we've got to, you know, make sure we're eating properly and make sure that we're sleeping properly. You know, we can't just stay in a peak state for 24 hours a day you got to sleep, you know, it's the, the best example of duality. Um, so it's just um, working out how to make the most of these times when you want to be in a flow state, engineer it and set it up for exactly what you want and, and get the most out of it. Yeah. That's gold, man. And yeah. I'm really starting to listen to you now because you keep kind of telling me that, you know, it's about the energy flow or, or, you know, trying to find the balance of, um, and, and that one thing you were saying about, you know, when you're not happy with something, you still got to find the way to let it go through almost through you. Never. And if you don't, you can imagine metaphorically that it gets trapped in there. You know, that's what trauma is, bro. I reckon it's, right. it's people say it's held in the body and it's, it's making your, your body not be able to, um, oscillate in harmony with nature anymore mm. because it's, it's it's changed the structure in your body and so it's going to have a different vibration because of the guitar string slightly different shape now you know and so when you release that little bit of a physical change in your body because of that trauma then your body can go back to oscillating in harmony with nature you know because this the guitar string's got to gone back to its natural shape so it can oscillate yeah. naturally yeah it was one of the interesting things I wondered about psychedelics, particularly the ayahuasca stuff where I was talking to, I had a podcast with someone and I said, you know, what's the deal, man, when you take it? And he's like, oh, well, you spend like eight hours pissing, shitting and spewing. Sure. And it's like, it sounds like you're getting something out. Sure. You know, it's, it sounds like it's a release of that buildup, you know, nice. and that's, that's a real freaky prospect day eh? because sure. that, that's so, that's so alien 
to most things like imagine a politician getting up or the law was that you had to uh, it's not appropriate to sit there with built-up trauma go take your or find a way to get it out and i mean we do right but it's just kind of unconsciously and i guess the thing we're talking about is you've got to find, somehow find a, these conscious tools that um, can be turned on and off, like the breathing, you know, and maybe lots of things can. We just haven't found the right ways to, to the access points, eh? You know, and um, yeah. Um, with, with with psychedelics, it's interesting. Is that um, it seems like you everything's oscillating, and when you take psychedelics, that you are kind of focusing the laser, you know, instead of vibrating at a really wide frequency, it starts to focus it into a, a finer frequency, a very, like a laser, you know, instead of mm-hmm. just being like a light bulb and being lots of frequencies, it's refining it. And and so perhaps like you're saying with ayahuasca, when you're refining to a finer frequency, a more defined laser of light, it's going to shed out all of those other, it's going to purge out the things that um aren't within that band, you know, and then you can refine your consciousness. So mm-hmm. that's a really cool idea. Yeah. It, can you imagine ever landing in a spot where let's say you get all of these flows and balances in, 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 a, in, a, in a, the most harmonious spot. Maybe we find the right music, the right theme, the right uh, ways of thinking. Could it, potentially and look i just will gingerly say this do you think that's what things like religion are talking about where you go somewhere like is that what transcending is the pursuit that and maybe we just don't know it but um maybe that's you know because there is this thing we think about through stories and you know alien movies and stuff where it's more of a consciousness, you know, or energy. We go from this form into something like the internet, you know, where it's, it's built up again of everything. I mean, right, bro. And it's built up of everything. And so like, I hear what you're saying. And to me, it's like, if your cells are vibrating like this Mm. and then they're in harmony at the body level and they're all vibrating together like this, but if they're all in harmony and then they're at the next level, all in harmony, they, they're all in harmony together and that's the one that's the, the, like you said, the religions, when everything is in harmony with each other, then they're not separate from each other anymore. We've got mm. the illusion of separation because we're vibrating at different frequencies because we've got different crystal structures in our bodies. So we, we vibrate like a tuning fork at a different frequency. But when we all uh, are calm and in harmony, then we are working together as one. And that could be the, the one or the creator, you know, the source the vibration that's out there all the time that is making us resonate um, as from a source. Yeah. Yeah. Far out, far out. Mm. I mean, I I didn't really expect that we'd have a chat like this, you know, because I guess you're kind of speaking just really just like, you know, just like we're just dudes and and we are, we're just people, we're just chatting. But, but in the scientific community, is there permission to be, mucking around like we are now i don't mean in the research but i mean just in is it rigid um in terms of separation or is it about this flow you're talking about is this your concepts or your you know have you been mentored to um i guess try to seek that understanding of those the changing systems I think it's interesting in, in science, everyone has this idea that it has to be rigid and, and you can't spitball these ideas sort of thing. But 
what you what I think is you can spit all these ideas and find the ones that work, and then these are your hypothesis. You then you've got to go out and test them rigidly, you know. Mm. And so you can have an idea, and it can be an interesting idea, but you got to test it scientifically and rigidly, you know, to, before you can say that it's it's a fact, you know. And so we're a long way from doing these kinds of things yet, where we're only starting to be able to measure them. Um, so, but you can you can still form ideas differently, and I think platforms like this is is a good way to um, yeah. to formulate these ideas and refine them and work out what what what's really working and what's not. Um, and and get feedback from people, you know. So everyone has something to offer. Everyone's got other perspectives, um, and and yeah, you can put them all together and sort of see what works. Yeah. Mitch, is there a, a finding or a bit of research that really shocked you because of its? You know, you just weren't expecting that. And I mean, maybe this is quite common in your field, but in my world or a lot of the world, that's trained out of us. Because mm. if that happens, you're a failure, or you should have seen that coming. But when you're cutting the, you know, the bleeding edge of science, yeah. is there something that just kind of, uh, you know, you were like, hmm, I didn't think that would be like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, mm, it's it's looking like the brain's not um, all electric. There's other things going on. There's magnetic fields as well, um, and there's there's vibrational things way more than what we thought was just electric, you know. And right. so it keeps coming back to vibration and oscillation. And I've got this thing here, Tibetan singing bowl. Mm. And so these are you know these things trying to train things into harmony again. Um, and so it's looking more and more like that things are a sound and and those kind of vibrations more than electric um, in the brain and um more electric than they are um chemical as well so um yeah these things are surprising you know when when the whole paradigm we've been brought up with is um that everything's neurotransmitters but that's happening really slowly you know and so how are we getting these synchronized experiences of consciousness when our sensories senses such as vision and auditory are experienced as one and how is that bound together into a single experience when it's just chemicals passing between synapses, you know, <laughs> the speed for that kind of thing to happen just cannot occur um, just by chemicals. Um, so the fact that it's more of an electrical and a magnetic component um, is something, and then a sound component. Um, and then if you look even closer, it's looking like it's vibrating at the frequency of light, you know, like these ancient religions were talking about their gods were blue. And when we look at an optimum conscious state, it starts to look like the brain is oscillating at the frequency of blue light, you know, oscillating Whoa. certain nanometers, yeah. And we're only just understanding these things now, you know, so these are surprising <laughs> things. Yeah. Bro, will you kind of, um, I know it's probably all about being published in the right journals and all that stuff, but man, will you just not forget to share it with us? Because like, this is the stuff eh, that can change people's lives. And even just, I, you know, we talk about the subconscious, even to know that you're not just a meat sack. I mean, it means a lot, you know, because we're all trying to make sense. And that's kind of, you know, we said it at the beginning of the podcast, the difficulty is you're trying to make sense in real time everyone's an expert afterwards, yeah. but it's trying to like have these tools which really work. Like I, I still struggle with the idea that I can overcome the panic breathing within the cold pool, but yeah. with my teenagers, I'm still a dick, you know, yeah. and I need to find tools to catch it and I can nice. catch it sometimes, but not all the time. And it's the pursuit mm -hmm. of the trying and it, and, so, and yeah, 
you know, it, it might be having the Tibetan bowl and yeah, good. and doing that twice a day. But that's the thing about this Kiwi culture and the Western culture and culture in general is we're kind of creatures of habit too. You know, we don't have a Tibetan bowl history here. Sure. We've got sure, like sure. all black hucker and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's probably played its purpose there. But yeah. I want to know all of the different ways and, and just like we do with our cars, you know, like you have to clean it and you have to get it serviced, but they're totally different things and they wouldn't understand each other, but collectively to operate it, we know. So, you know, just, she, uh, yeah, please share that information, <laughs> which I, which I know you will, but at the same time, I, I, I you know, it's kind of like, I can imagine a lot of cool information. Like I'm reading a book now that's 15 years old from a, uh, um, a, I think it's a nose, throat and ear surgeon, a Kiwi guy, Dr. Jim Bartley. And he's talking about all of the breathing stuff that I'm learning. And that's already been around 15 years, you know, yeah, and yeah. I did a, a chat with him a few weeks ago and he said, uh, it, I talked a bit about, um, you know, taping your mouth shut at night and the fact okay. that you're supposed to use your nose to breathe. But many of us have had these upbringings of being mouth breathers. And I said, is it safe, Jim, to, to tape my mouth shut? And he's like, he looked at me like grumpy. He's like, I've been yeah. telling people to do this for 15 years. Yeah. Yes, it's safe. Your nose is built for breathing. Your mouth is not, you know. Yeah. And we're just so kind of warped in our modern world, you know, we're like these, we're not warped, but we definitely have had to adapt rapidly. You, you can yeah. feel it, you know, you can yeah. feel it that a lot, uh, you know, um, that there's a lot of, we've traded in for this, for this mm. conscious state that we have to keep ourselves in, eh? Alert and yeah, we're staying alert and all the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, I know you probably want to wrap it up because what is it? Nine something on a Sunday and we've all got weeks ahead of us or, you know, busy weeks ahead of us. But if we talk about, uh, you know, um, the kind of brain waves, you know, how you were like, dude, how do I even answer your alpha wave mm -hmm. question? What are we actually talking about? Good. Yeah. So all these different brain waves, alpha and stuff are just different bands. So different frequencies, you know, so if something's moving at, 10 hertz, it means it vibrates 10 times a second. And so the 10 hertz, I think, is, is uh, for delta. And, and then so gamma is the one that I'm interested in, which is 40 times a second. So parts of the brain are vibrating 40 times per second. And what I find interesting about gamma is that when you take an anesthetic, the 40 hertz gamma vibrations disappear. And so consciousness seems to be related to 40 hertz vibrations. Um, and when everything is vibrations, it's kind of just like a guitar, you know, if it's, mm. if it's a high frequency, it's a small string. And so you can work out like the stuff that's vibrating at a 40 Hertz, you can work out what sort of size it is and you can work out what sort of structure would be that size to be vibrating at that frequency. And that's mm. when we found that that's where anesthetics are turning off consciousness. So it's looking like the things that are causing consciousness are vibrating 40 times a second and you can work out what sort of size those are. So these different bands of frequencies are different um, parts of the brain working together. And because of their different sizes, they'll vibrate at different speeds. And so when your brain's working together with a certain structure, it'll have its own frequency that it vibrates at. And when it's doing like really busy thinking, like you're talking about beta frequency, you know, it's, um, it's in the prefrontal cortex. So it's quite a small region and it's just going looping between itself. So it'll have a high, quite a high frequency. 
And then when you're having a really calm state, you know, it's using the whole brain and it's, it's slowing down. And so, um, yeah, these are the different brain waves, you know, and it just, it, it speaks a lot about which parts of the brain are being activated. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's what the brain waves are. The pictures I sent you of me with the muse on in the pool, in the cold pool, in principle, or not even in principle, with a broad stroke, am I roughly in the right zone of what I'm trying to look at? Like trying to see that the beta is not, uh, I, I guess I was trying to see what what happens when you're in fight or flight. That's what I need to know. What What is a reading that would suggest you're in panic? You know, well, beta going up, you know, you're worrying and stressing your beta going up. That would be something that would look like a stress response. Mm. Um, theta, theta is the purple one usually. Yep. Um, theta going up would be a really like hypnotic or um, subconscious state, you know. So um, if your theta is going up, you're kind of tapped into the slow waves and you're calmed, calmed down. Um, so beta going up would be really busy. Theta going up would be really relaxed. Um, gamma going up can be a measure of being connected to a higher self or something else going on is, is sort of what the evidence is looking like. And that's the one that turns off with consciousness. And then there's alpha as well, which um, increases when you're coming down. Um, but it's really sensitive to your eyes being open as well. So Right, right. Well, and that's yeah. one of the themes that I said I have to close my eyes because yeah. uh, I, I, you know, one, I've seen lots of imagery of meditation and they close their eyes, but two, because um, I don't want to look at the screen that's reading the waves in real time. And yeah. I'm actually cool with it, keeping it simple, because yeah. for me it is important to and uh, you know we lose a lot of people along the way with ideas because it's assumed things things are assumed you know that you even want to take five minutes to meditate you know you might not have yeah. ever had any moments in life like i don't naturally lean towards meditation i've never heard anyone in my family talk about it we've never sat quietly we've never been mindful um yeah. but 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 i but i am interested in calm because this is the opposite, you know, when I talk to with about breathing to people, it's not a really strong sell to say you should breathe calm because you'll be healthier. But I think it's stronger to say, you know, can you imagine anxiety kind of breathing? And most people, you know, like, or imagine hopping in the cold pool, what would you do? You know, and it's this, <gasps> you know, this really, um, an automatic takeover. And I think all I want to be able to show over time is that, yeah, you just got to take control of the automatic takeover and here's some ways to do it. And, right. and when you do that, a, whatever's happening here is controlled, but B there's a raft of what we're talking about. You know, this, these vibrations and, and, and collaborations happening um, within and uh, yeah, bro. So, yep. so yeah, when you're conscious, when you're taking, when you're go, when you're, when you're becoming conscious of something, you're not letting the programs take over, you know, that your body gets the sense of being cold and it's like, I needed to respond like this because you're choosing to be conscious and change the programming and allow yourself to become back in harmony. And then you can, you can work together and, and, and perform at your peak. Yeah. And so I you guess become the, conscious of these things of your breathing. Yeah. Yes. And the specific research could be exactly what measure of alpha and theta and these things really represents change yeah. because that's what I couldn't like. I saw the, I saw the alpha and theta trump the beta 
And for me, that was enough, but exactly for how long. And, and so I didn't know because one of the other ideas I've got is that rest is not just rest. Like we don't know how grunty our body goes into during sleep. You know, it might be like worth several weeks of awake consciousness. You know, uh, I've even heard of little things like, you know, getting up in the morning and getting two to five minutes of sunlight sets off this chain of reaction. And I mean, two to five minutes, gosh, most of us sit on the toilet for longer than that yeah, on our smartphones. But, but to, to, we're trying to talking about a different paradigm here, you know, where, if you can even get one minute of, you know, beta not trumping everything else, sure. it might be like a whole day worth of energy, you know, or something like that. But so I'm just trying to think that's what I'm interested in making small steps to understand because that's people, people can grab onto that. You know, if you know, you only have to, I don't know, sit in the cold shower for 30 seconds and do a chant in your head, you know, and it's not even to anything apart from, you're just trying to turn off the automatic response. And when you do that, you get this awesome, like when they turn back on, maybe it's like resetting the computer or something like that, you know? Yep. Yep. If you just, like you're saying for 30 seconds in the shower, get everything into harmony with each other. Mm. And for the rest of the day, everything's in sync. You know, if everything wake up in the morning, you're anxious and you're vibrating way too fast, nothing's in harmony for the rest of the day. You're not going to be able to train it back into harmony again. So that little reset in the morning could be the, the change for the whole day. Yeah. Which is which is probably why pain exists, say, because it forces you back into what gives you an opportunity to like, um, I'll say it a different way. I was like, man, death sucks, you know, because you know it's going to happen. It happens to people. It hurts. It's It's not fair. But in a weird way, it brings people together. And it allows you to have a different view through something. And so that's, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like if you didn't have the pain, if you didn't have the sucky, you'd never have an opportunity to see the other side of that, but it's trying to grapple with that. And it, it, you know, and and letting it flow through you and going mm -hmm. back to calmness, you know, and you're right. The pain's going to happen everywhere. All of us are going to die. And it's, it's, it's accepting that, letting it pass and, and going back to the peaks and embracing those. eh? And much, this is too much. This is awesome. Hey, um, where can people follow you if they're coming across you for the first time on this podcast or they want to keep up to date with the research and stuff you're dabbling in? Yeah, sure, man. Um, probably just check me out on LinkedIn at Mitchell head or, um, yeah, that's probably the one at the moment. That's this place. Awesome. What's your last name? Where, where's Head from? Head, yeah, um, that's my last name. Um, from Narawahia. Oh yeah, like ancestry wise though, with the with the last name Head. I don't know, bro. Probably yeah. like Scotland or or something like that. A few generations back. Yeah. True. True. No, I just I read it and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's pronounced Head because it's interesting yeah. that you're studying the Head. Have you ever made that connection? Yeah, I absolutely, bro. And in a couple of months, you know, finish the doctorate and have become Dr. Head, you know, in the neuroscience. In the <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a uh, start your podcast, bro. The Dr. Head podcast. Yeah, bro. Exactly. It's something we've, I've been thinking about, you know, and it was good to jump on here and have a young with you. So awesome, bro. Well, we'll wrap it here, brother. And I look forward to um, keeping in touch with you as we go through this journey, right? We're all on a journey. And the yeah, best thanks. bit about that is we get to dip into each other's uh, consciousness every now and then and do a bit of sharing and and uh stuff like that so thank you bro 
Yeah, it was great to talk to you, man. And keep up the breath work. It's definitely the key, you know, getting everything into harmony and, and breath is the magic, is, is the thing that animates our bodies, you know, so that's definitely the key. Beautiful. Bro, I'll, I'll stop it there. If yeah. you just got 30 more seconds just to yeah. talk away from the podcast, um, you know, kind of I was referencing in the podcast about, oh gosh, this academic and stuff like that. Is it like, I mean, what am I getting myself into, bro? If I go down this road, uh, uh, you know, like, is there just hours and hours of reading and, you know, kind of like, uh, like how would one even, so, you know, I went to uni and stuff, but uh, that's kind of 15 years ago. I, I like, would you recommend reaching out to people I know who have had on the podcast who are in academia um, and, like, or do I start by writing a little sentence of what it is I would like to have as a hypothesis, you know? Oh, yep. So you're wanting to do some research yourself? I'm wanting to, yeah. So I want to do research around pretty much the prospect of uh, how, you know, what is happening when I'm doing the the slow nasal breathing um, and, and, and how can I show people uh, you know, in quotation marks, calm. So right. it's, I, I don't think it's enough. I, I want to target Pacific communities, right? Because that's my heritage. Yep. And so I'm going to go, my thinking is to try and put a case together to go after some grant money to yep. run some research specifically yep. in, um, uh, so calm breathing in more tense situations like the ice bath because that's mm. something people can get, you know. Uh, uh, legally, a house has to have a shower. And yeah, and so you could just turn it on cold, and you yeah. get the benefit. You don't need a specific something that if you don't have much money. So you know what I mean. Yep, yep. So you want to okay. So you want to be able to show it to people, mm-hmm. and to show it to people, do you want to show them a, a journal article that proves that it's right, or do you want to show them a nice visualization? I, what is it? Yeah, I probably want to. Uh, uh, tie it into my breathing business, which I've started. So the yep. breathing business is more around um, sports performance. And I have a friend of mine we develop, he's a strength coach, but it's the same science around slow nasal breathing. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah so but, but maybe an app or something like that. Okay. Um, try and find someone who's already doing that kind of research. Try and find an academic who's doing that kind of measurement, the measurement that you're trying to look at. So someone who's trying to measure breathing or measure um, heart rate variability and um yeah connect with them i guess and then um because they'll be already doing the research in that field and then um yeah you can get the get the research out of that um i guess if if you're wanting some research to back up the breathing to be able to show people that's probably the way to go yeah okay yeah sweet is that how it was for you like did you find someone um yeah i was interested in trying to find any project to do with consciousness and i found someone who was studying anesthesia and i thought well this is a mechanism that turns off consciousness if i can understand that then i'll I'll jump in with them so i started doing um a summer project um in that lab and then turned that into the master's project on the anesthetic Mm -hmm. and then um kept continuing in that lab to do the phd on uh, um, oxytocin and and orexin and are you just like you know ticking it up on student loan or you going after grants and stuff like that is it a mixture yeah, yeah. So all the way through undergrad, you know, I did engineering as mm-hmm. bachelor of sci- uh, bachelor of engineering, and then bachelor of science and uh, neuroscience um, and psychology, and then um, masters as well. And then at that point, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll probably just try and get a job. And then um, got an opportunity to get a grant to do the PhD. So I sort of did that. Yep. And then um, 
you're sort of realizing the way that you do science is to apply for grants and 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 then that funds your research. So this year I've applied for a couple of grants and that's what's got me to the um, Science of Consciousness Conference is winning a couple of grants. Um, right. to do that. Yeah. But you have to have like a background, eh? You can't just be a dude like me and say I'm interested in this and I want to apply for a grant to work with other people who can help me with it. Yeah, that's sort of why I was saying you want to find the person in the research field already, the academic right. in that field. Because um, you want to have the team that's going to produce the results. You know, if you're going to say that I'm, I want to get, I want money so I can get results that show that this breathing is good. You need to have the team that can produce those results. You know, so you have to have the guy who's who's a professional at measuring this kind of shit and who can, who's got the equipment. And so once you've got the people to give you the results, then you can apply for the grant. I'd say. Yes, sweet as. Okay, that makes sense. Cool, bro. I'll let you go. Thanks again, brother. I uh, Really, it's really cool to connect with you, and I, I hope we can have many little uh, out there chats over the years. Yeah. yeah, bro. You too. Sweet as, brother. Catch you later, mate. Thanks. Bye. Boom. How was that, team? Hope that was as good for you as it was for me. Quick little wrap-up here. Just a reminder, patreon.com forward slash please blow my mind. Do consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever you can get you access to exclusive Patreon-only content with the guests that I have on this podcast. That's it from me. Hope you're all well wherever you are in the world. Thank you for listening. Hope really that you are well. Take time, be kind, hug yourself, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Mm-hmm.